I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Zozo Championship. We're headed to Japan. It's storylines. It's our best bets. It's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome back. What's going on, guys? I'm fired up for today. Really looking forward to the week. Um, so yeah, it should be another good one. Here we go. Another, another great field, um, in in Japan this week. We spent the last 10 minutes backstage, uh, thinking we were waiting on someone just firing away the hottest takes that we could (laughs) find. Uh, Kyle Porter was part of that as well. KP, uh, we weren't waiting on anyone. It's, it's a three, a threesome today. Welcome. Yeah. Pace of play should be, should be brisk. Should be good. (laughs) I've got, I've got notes. I guess oh that would imply God. that I don't that I don't normally have notes, but I have a full page of takes here. So let's uh, let's get rolling. Let's do it. All right, Zozo Championship this week in Japan for the first time since 2019. Before we look ahead, let's look back, gentlemen. This event was played one time in Japan uh, before it was moved to Sherwood for the 2020 version. Greg, we were doing a little bit of reminiscing on the DFS podcast on Monday. Feels like a decade ago. 2019 feels <laughs> like a decade ago. If you remember, th- th- let me set the stage for you. It's uh, it's Wednesday in Japan. Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Day play the skins game. That happened. Jason Day won it, by the way. Then Tiger Woods comes out, bogeys his first three holes on Thursday, and then proceeds to win the golf tournament, the 82nd of his PGA Tour career. That feels like a decade ago. It's so long ago. I mean, it's easy to forget. Tiger was coming off of a knee surgery, a routine knee surgery. And and all of a sudden, you're wondering, right, routine, the air quotes is the key there, Rick. <laughs> um, it, this, this surgery was a big concern. And would Tiger be, would he be able to come off and shake the rust off? And it, it changed all of our opinion on on Tiger and his schedule going forward. This was the event where, because for, for a long time, I thought Tiger needed a couple of reps to get going. And when you saw Tiger play two weeks in a row or three weeks out of four or some three in a row, even the later stage was where he started to excel. And and so I, I very rarely liked his chances in that first week back. But he he what he did in the Zozo changed my opinion on that. And unfortunately, that that was short lived. But um, what a tournament it was. And you're right, Rick. It feels like forever ago. Uh- I've learned that uh, every you know every surgery is routine until it's happening to you, and then you're like, mm-hmm. ah, this this things could go sideways here. This is a little bit wonky. KP, uh, I'm looking at the top of this leaderboard. Tiger Woods won by three shots over Hideki Matsuyama in Japan. Rory McIlroy finished three shots back of Hideki, and Sung Jay tied with Rory for third. And that was like when Sung Jay that would have been his first season out right his first fall out i remember being in a lather watching this thing come down the stretch because either hideki was gonna win it tiger was gonna win it rory might steal this away sungjae might get involved like this was to me this was like the uh, this is good this is all good times i haven't felt this way in a while yeah and wasn't it like early on a monday too wasn't it a monday finish because there was like a like a yeah there was like a, a huge storm a huge storm or something yeah it was a, yeah, yeah they had no fans one day 
here what? stateside. It was a Sunday finish stateside, but a Monday yeah. finish over there. So uh, it actually ended up falling right. in like primetime U.S. side. That's right. That's a great call. Great call, producer Jacob. That's why. That's why you get paid all the money. Um, right. Gary Woodland played with Tiger for the last thirty-six. I think they didn't. They didn't change up pairings because of that. Because it got delayed or whatever. And I, I went back and found the quote today. He said he was at everybody was asked about Tiger, obviously. And Gary Woodland said his ball striking for the last two days was an absolute joke. Like it was just and and Woodland had won the US Open like a hundred days before that, or 130 days before that, or whatever. And that was uh that was pretty cool to hear from somebody who had just won a major. Obviously, I, I you know, obviously all quotes about Tiger that are kind of like that or are fun to to parse through but you know rick i thought that that win from tiger here here's a take i thought that win from tiger was was more shocking than his masters win because the the masters win earlier that year he had played if you look at the strokes gain data and some of the advanced stuff he was playing well he was not really contending at Riviera, Mexico, all these different places, but he was hitting the ball really well leading into that Masters. And I remember thinking, like, I don't really think Tiger's going to win, but I think he could, like, con- compete, contend at that Masters. I'm like, Greg, I went into the Zozo thinking, like, what, what is, you know, this is not going to be good. And then he wins the thing. It was, it was, it was really, I thought, one of the more shocking victory. It didn't get the attention, but it was, I thought it was one of the more shocking victories of his career. Yeah, to, to Greg's point, he missed 10 weeks before that event. He played the skins game. I thought he looked terrible. He bogeyed his first three holes. I was like, here, we, oh, this is this is going to be ugly. This is going to be yeah. really ugly here. I think he dropped like 200 to one at some point on Thursday morning after he bogeyed the first three and he pulls the thing off in only a way that Tiger can. Um, fast forward to this year. We're, we're back in Japan and uh, Greg, we've played the Olympics here. You know, Tokyo 20, Tokyo 2020 played in 2021, but there were no fans. This time around, we are going to see the Japanese faithful out there, uh, I'm sure, in full force. All 5,000 uh, a day is what they're allowing behind their man, Hideki Matsuyama. Yes, and Hideki has played well in Japan. And it's well documented how much pressure there is and how, especially after he won the Masters, how much he meant to the Japanese faithful, as you said, Rick, that um, their, their fans over there, it was such a big deal. And it was, it's hard to fathom for me anyway, what it means to a nation because being an American, when an American does well, he's one of many, he or she in, in any sport, they're one of many who has a chance to do really well. And so it's hard to compare having one guy that you that you really lean on you really hang on and and it's your your only option from your nation so it's hard to wrap your head around how much it means to how much that master's victory meant to the japanese and and now he comes back home to play again um for the second time as a master's champion and and the first time with fans so I'm very excited to see what his welcome is, what how he's received by the fans, and I'm really excited to see how he performs as well. He has a way of stepping up. He's done it before, so I, I'm really looking forward to it. And and um, I, I know that there'll be a lot of buzz around Hideki if he if he gets it going this week. And I think that I think that Japanese Japanese golf has been kind of a through line of the year, right? I mean, it, it didn't it kind of obviously popped up when Hideki won the masters, but then you get the Olympics, you close, not close out the year, but at kind of book in the year with this tournament. And we don't, you know, normally you'll get like an event there. Um, and now you've gotten kind of these three touch points. I know that obviously Hideki won in America, but that was a huge deal there. So that's kind of cool. I, I, I really, I, I like that when there's multiple touch points and multiple, I don't know, just talking points really throughout the year for a country that, uh, we don't see a ton of in, in the golf world and and not a ton of, you know, obviously PGA Tour events are played there. So I, I'm I'm excited about that. I think it's a, a, a nice ending to uh, to what's been a cool year for Japanese golf. And Greg's absolutely right in the fact that uh, this is the guy. Hideki Matsuyama is by far the guy. Let's play the guessing game like we always do. 
the number of PGA Tour victories by Japanese players. Any idea how many how many wins on the PGA Tour by Japanese players? All time. All time. I'd guess eight. It's not a bad guess. I thought uh, that means I it's thought, wrong. I thought. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, you're picking like a number, uh, one number out of a lot of numbers. You were probably going to be wrong. <laughs> well, Hideki's got uh, he's got six by himself, so I think it's higher than eight. Uh, I'll say, I'll say eleven. Ooh, twelve. But oh man. But to your point, Greg, Hideki Matsuyama has half of all PGA Tour victories from Japanese players. So it is not like uh, there, there is always, and you see this on a Thursday or Friday at any event, if there is a Japanese player in the field, no matter what his stature is or her stature, there is a contingent of media there following them around. And it's just still different with Hideki. Half of all of your country's wins on tour have come from one guy. Yeah. And, and he, he's the first guy in a long time who has really been a staple, um, a, a, a figurehead for a long period of time on the PGA tour. We've had pops. We've had some superstars. Rio Ishikawa, when he first came out was a, a superstar in the making and is still a good player in his own right. He just, it didn't work out on the PGA tour for him. And with Hideki, he was also a superstar coming out. And you're kind of wondering, is this going to, is he for real? Can he really make it out on the PGA tour? You don't see on, on leaderboards on Sunday, you don't see a lot of Japanese flags up there year over year. It's just rare. And if it is, it's usually a And so he's been this, this one man, this one man following, and he's really shown through. He's been great. He has contended a lot. He's been in the mix a lot. He's played really well. He's won six times. That That's a significant number of wins. Um, and especially when it's half, half the wins from your nation, it's a, it's a big deal. Do you have the other winners there? I was just trying to pull it up and I actually got redirected to one of your articles, by the way, which show up on like SEO all the time. And I was just trying to find, I was trying to find the list and I keep getting the, like the Japanese all time wins list. So I do not have it handy. If I can find it, I'll, I'll let you know. It's gotta be like Shigeki Mariyama and Jumbo Zaki and. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, I had know. it here. Who I don't can, have it. You can say producer yeah. Jacob can find it by the end of the show. Um, there is another player in this field with at least, I mean, there's a lot of players in this field with ties to Japan. Don't get me wrong, but Xander Shoffley, uh, the favorite to win this event, KP, uh, Japanese grandparents, I believe. And it, I, I think it's noteworthy that, you know, this event, is normally part of a, a swing of golf in Asia where you get guys to go to South Korea and then you get them to go to Japan and just the logistics are a lot easier. This this week, having to come from Las Vegas, having to make the trip go from Vegas, it's 16 hours ahead to Japan. I mean, it's, it's a grueling trip. And, and Xander was one of the first to say, I'm in, I'll be there, can't wait for it. Yeah, Xander, I think, is my top storyline this week in terms of of you know guys that are that are playing in this field. You could obviously, I think Fowler's interesting. I think uh, we'll talk about Colin Morikawa later on, but I think, I mean, I was looking up some Xander stuff uh, today for a, a preview piece, and we talked about it on Sunday. Fowler, Ricky Fowler's won an official PGA Tour event more recently than Xander Shoffley, which uh is is shocking like i i i i've looked it up like 10 times and i i still am like it's it's extremely hard to believe um obviously he won the shadow leaderboard at the tour championship in 2020 he won the olympics neither of those are official pga tour events and i think i'm really struggling with how to view him i i, I always have it well not always i i think i have for the last two or three years because he's evolved into this like He's a number, what, five player in the world? Six, four, five, whatever. He, yeah, five. But he doesn't win. Like, he, like, it's, it's really hard to reconcile. I looked this up. So, since the Monday after he won Kapalua in 2019, so he wins Kapalua on a Sunday, that Monday until today, 
I looked up the top guys in terms of strokes gain. So those are those are the guys that are like they've just played the best over that period of time. The out of top 13, he's the only one without a win. Everybody else and and almost everybody else has at least like three. So it's Rom, it's JT, Morikawa, Hovland has a couple. Um, it's all the names that you would expect. I think Paul Casey has one. Um, I think Reed has one or two. So there's there's some guys that have have not won a ton, but everybody else has won except for Xander. And Xander was like fifth on that list. Like he's been the fifth best player in the world if you're looking at strokes gained since the day after he won the tournament of champions. And maybe that's cherry picking a stat, but it's still like he he just hasn't he hasn't won. And I, I don't I don't know. I'm curious about y'all's just opinion of him and take on him. And I've got some more numbers here, but I want to hear from you guys. I think, well, first of all, he is the hardest, he's kind of the hardest guy to reconcile. So so you pointed out uh the number fifth play number five player in the world that doesn't win, but it's weird because for his official world golf rankings, he does win. He's been credited with two wins. He's been credited with yeah. the Olympics victory and the 72-hole <laughs> shadow leaderboard. So you, th- those things don't even reconcile with one another. Um, yeah. He's got six wins in five years, according to the official world golf rankings. That's n- not how the rest of the world necessarily views him. And, and I think the way that I see it, Greg, is uh, here is a guy who can compete and can contend at every single event. Is he a superstar? I don't think so. Is he a star? Absolutely. Would I be surprised to see him win uh, multiple major championships? No. It, do I think he's underperforming? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's He is such a strange fella because we do uh, <laughs> put fella, put so many, put so much on these victories. I, I, I really, I really don't know what kind of category he falls into and not like it matters. This is a thing that we do in the media, but it's, it's, he's such a interesting guy. It, it's amazing to look at what he's done on the PGA tour since coming out and in 2017, just look at his final and look, a lot of this has to do with Eastlake. I acknowledge that. But if you look at his FedEx cup standings where he's finished in his career, it's amazing. It's third in 2017, 15th and 18 second in 19 second in 20 fifth in 2021. So this guy among his peers has been a, I'd call that a superstar, but he hasn't won. And that does hold that, that holds him back from really being a superstar. Does the Olympics go a little, does does that push him over the edge into being a superstar? I don't think so in the golf world. It counts. And I'd give him a little bit of credit for that because it's just such a bad field though, right? It's a bad field. It's a bad field. But if the question is, can you get the job done? Can you can you win on Sunday? For instance, in all the great fields, he proves that he can compete. He proves he has a, the ability to play with these guys. He's not a notch below anybody. His his game is as well-rounded as anybody's. We talk about it seemingly every week. But the the big question is, much like it has been with Ricky Fowler in the past and Tony Finau and some of these other guys that regularly contend but don't win, he has one. It just they haven't counted, and so you get in that moment, right? <laughs> what an idiotic sport this yeah, is! Yeah, I know it's crazy. He wins winning the gold medal. I give much more credit to than his than winning the shadow leaderboard. And here's why: when you come down to the seventy second hole with a chance to win the gold medal, you feel you don't you don't think about oh well you know who's it. playing who's playing in this. Right, you got yeah. you got Rory yeah. McIlroy and Colin Morikawa and 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 all the all the guy Hideki Matsuyama. You have all Sung J M. You have all these guys, Mito who are right there in the mix with you, and that's why I I think Mito shot. Thank you, so thank yeah. thank you for talking to Mito with Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, and Mito Pereira. Love he may not wow. belong now, but one day wow. he might. <laughs> he just popped into my head, and he's a great player and a winner. So when you come down the stretch in an event. And you have the strength of field, in my opinion, should should float. I don't think it should just be simply what happens at the start of the week. I, I think there should be a sort of like a like the bicameral legislation later we have here in the U.S. There should be another way to match to to rank the difficulty of an event. 
you come down the stretch with John Rahm and you're dueling it out on Sunday afternoon and you beat him and he's in the top 10 on the leaderboard on Sunday. Well, that's a, that's a big deal. And it doesn't really matter who's in 15th or worse place. They're not, you're, you're not competing with them on Sunday when it's winning time. So Xander has gone into winning time with a good group of players in the mix and beat them so he can win. And then he goes into these other events and competes and shows all of his skills and all that. But in the tour championship, the shadow leaderboard, I give almost other than he plays really well at Eastlake. I don't give it any credit because he comes down the stretch thinking he's trailing. That mindset is DJ's beating me right now. I got to catch him. And you don't have the pressure of I'm winning. And I, I don't think he's looking over his shoulder saying, well, what? Okay, so he started at 10 under. I started at five. So, okay, I'm winning. Hey, we're winning. Imagine, we're winning this thing, according imagine. to official. That, that, that's not happening. So I, I give him a little extra credit. I don't put him in the category of Fino, who's gotten himself out of it, but he's been there before, the Fowler, the Fowler area, where these are guys who we doubt their ability to win. I don't doubt his ability to win. I just I think this has been a strange stretch that's going to end soon. Do you imagine DJ doing that math of who started where and trying to figure it out coming home on Sunday? Um, I do think there's, there's, a, there's a scenario in which this is a little bit of a can't-lay situation where at the start of 2021, you might say, like, man, I, I know his numbers, but am I overrating Cantlay because he 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 wins, but like not a not as much yeah. as it seems like he should based on his and then all of a sudden he wins whatever, three out of ten. And you're like, oh no, I, I had Cantlay right. It just took a while for the wins to kind of cascade. Uh, I I did write down I'm I want to get y'all's guesses on this because I wrote down winning PGA tour winning percentage over the course of their career. So Let's go. Let's go, uh, Xander first, and then I've got some guys to to put like pit him against. What do you What do you guys think Xander's winning percentages? So this is just PGA Tour. PGA Tour. Um, what to do? So uh, divided by it's got to be so eight. No, four out of uh, like two percent. No. Why can't I do the math? What's what's like what's like four divided by one twenty? Well, Rick, yeah, I mean, doing the math isn't guessing here. We're supposed to be 3%. guessing three percent. Well, I'm 3%. guessing at how many how many math how many how many events he's played and how many. Oh, you're get all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm, yeah. 3%. So I would guess six percent. Uh, it's three point three. Pretty, Pretty good, good, Rick. So yeah, okay. okay. how about three? He's got four. four. Oh, okay. How about uh, Hideki? So if Xander's got, three, does he have? Does he, I, I think Hideki has five wins. So uh, he's got five wins. I would guess he's been around for a long time. So with Xander as the three point three benchmark, what do you think Hideki? Yeah, is? I'm going to go five percent. Because I'll I say think he wins uh, more often. I'll say lower. Are you gonna give a number or are you just like uh how about that? um how about three percent flat? Three <laughs> percent exactly, Greg. You got it. Wow, really? Greg. I think he's six for two hundred, but I that might be wrong. But I I maybe I did the math wrong, but it's right at three percent. Okay, give me two more. One uh Bryson. What do you think Bryson's winning percentage is? Oh, Bryson's gotta be he's gotta be higher than that, right? Because he has like eight wins or something. So he's gotta be he's gotta be five percent then. I'll say six percent. Six exactly. Oh, Greg, you're a human uh, win percentage fire. It's like trivia all over again. Go, uh, oh, don't bring that's PTSD. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was go, dirty. Uh, I'm sorry. Go, Rory. So twenty out of um, ten years. So if he played eighteen or twenty a year out of like two hundred ish, no, he's got to play more than that. Well, maybe not. Two ten. So it's like nine percent. Ten percent. Yeah, I'll say eight. I'll say eight percent. Nine point eight percent. Oh man, that's dirty. Yeah, that's so almost, dirty. Almost ten percent. Ricky was at I think one point eight percent. Yeah, which those num- those numbers are hard because they fluctuate a lot based on when your last win was. 
right? So like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, anyway. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm pretty sure Hideki Hideki's won six out of two hundred. But that I don't know. Maybe producer Jacob can look that up. Anyway, Xander's number was a little bit higher than I thought it would be, and I think again that speaks to like he hasn't played. It seems like he's been out there a long time and he really hasn't. So if like let's say he wins this week and he wins the Riviera, all of a sudden he's at like a almost a Bryson like winning percentage. And then right. you're kind of talking about him in the way you're talking about a Cantley of like, oh yeah, he he kind of is who the number said he was. So I don't know. We'll see. I think he's super interesting to talk about and discuss. And uh I think he'll be really intriguing this week also. Speaking of Ricky, and we can be a little quick on Ricky because I think we talked about him on Sunday. We talked about him on 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 Monday. And Greg, you know, you you and I chatted about. You can visually see the differences in his swing now. There, there, that that iconic swing uh, that you could pick out from a hundred yards away. You could still you can still see it there, but it's not the same. And he played uh, really well at the CJ cup at summit club with some really sticky numbers that make me optimistic about him moving forward. I'm interested about how, how optimistic you are for, for on him moving forward. Ricky Fowler. <laughs> Thank you. It's so good. I'm quite optimistic. Um, and, and the reason is more so than numbers. Cause he had some weeks last year where I think I ran through a couple numbers and I think there were five events all of last year where he gained both off the tee and approaching the green, which is a very low percentage. There was a lot of, a lot of ups and downs in Ricky's game. And, and it was kind of the, the whack-a-mole effect where, Oh, he had his irons. Great, but he drove it terribly. And then the opposite happens the next week. And then you had putting in the mix and there's just no consistency. But what we saw last week, what I saw last week was a guy willing, despite the comment he made on number 12 about being a chicken, he wasn't a chicken very often. And he was able to hit driver on some areas where he's carrying these bunkers by three yards uh, up the, up the left-hand side, cutting over the corner. And he, it's like he knew he wasn't going to miss it left. It's like he knew he there, the long par three was it? It might've been 11. Um, and I might have that whole number wrong, but no, it's a long right. par three down the hill with a penalty area on the left. And it, it, Rory hits a draw in there and there's kind of a side slope. There's a way to access the whole location from the right, which is safe. And Ricky just steps up there and hits this like one or two yard fade and flags it. And I was like, this guy's got trust in his swing. So when I see that and I know we went and talked to Butch and there's kind of reasons why and the work looks like it's coming together. The one thing that's left, assuming he can do this again for this week is putting. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ricky had a, had a, a nice putting week at some point here soon, but I think his ball striking is enough to keep him in the mix, especially in a no cut event. Uh, I, I saw some very positive signs with the eye test last week and, uh, and the numbers bared that out for sure. He outdrove Rory, KP. Outdrove Rory last week. Always a good thing to do. But uh, we've—I I don't know—have we even seen flashes like this? I—I I, I say this is a five—a five-round stretch, right? He played well on Friday at Shriners, and of course the four rounds last week. This might be the best five-round stretch, and I know it's only five in like eighteen months for Ricky. Yeah, I mean, even the—I referenced this on Sunday, but the PGA Championship was his only top ten in his last thirty-seven events before the CJ Cup, and a lot of that was just a hot putter, you know. And and so it it feels a little like—I mean, the thing I wrote down about him is it feels a little bit like remember Spieth at Phoenix this year, where you're like, oh, okay, like he's kind of stringing together some rounds, and then he goes to Pebble and does it again, like that. That's hopefully for Fowler, like that's the area of, of kind of where speed is at that it, and I'm not comparing Fowler to speed, but in, in terms of like the, the apex of their games, but that feels like kind of where he's at with things to where it's like, okay, I think I believe in this, but you'd like to see it for, I don't know, 10 rounds or 15 rounds. Not that you have to be at the level you were at at the CJ cup, but just those, positive strokes gain um on on ball striking consecutive rounds in a row or 10 out of 12 or whatever that to me is is uh is kind of where we're at with fowler 
And one one other thing on this. He had in that stretch last year where he didn't have any top 10, there was a stretch where he had eight out of 11 events with a round of 75 or higher. Se- 75 or higher. And that's a that's a bad sign. That's a sign where it can all it can all fall apart. And seeing the bad round last week be under the under the pressure of being in the final group and it's a 71 and you make a silly double on a par five. Uh, that's a really, really good sign for me. Gentlemen, it's going to be one of those weird timing coffee weeks. So here is the broadcast window on Wednesday evening, Eastern time, Eastern time, Wednesday, 1130 PM. So that's almost midnight for those of you struggling on time zones and days, almost midnight (laughs) on Wednesday evening, the broadcast window opens and goes till 230 AM. So KP, how, how much, and how will you consume this event? Uh, I'm, I, I will not be doing the Olympics thing again where I stayed up until, you know, four in the morning and thought I was going to have to go to the hospital every, you know, the next day. Um, I'll probably watch it like the the first part of it and at, uh, you know, like on regular time here in Dallas. Um, and then I'll just kind of put the pieces together and recap the, the following, the following morning. So, um, it, (laughs) It's, you know, the the dream scenario is kind of what you got in 2019. Obviously, you don't want a natural disaster there, but like you get it in prime time on Sunday night. That's awesome. Like that's that's sweet. So, yeah, it's uh, probably won't be grinding out the 3 a.m. night on on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Greg, you probably haven't even slept yet since Derrick Henry went off for another three touchdowns. So you might as well just roll this. You might as well just roll this all week long. Just don't sleep, my friend. See, here's the thing about sleep when you have young kids. Kyle may know a thing or two about this. I'm not sure how much help he has, but you, there's no catching up. There's no, uh, okay, Saturday afternoon, I stayed up till three. I had a, I'm going to take a nap. Yes. That, that does, that just does not exist in my life now. So if I, Stay up. If I stay up to watch the end of a football game, which I did not make it through the fourth quarter, I'm in trouble for a for a period of time. So yeah. I, I'm with you, Kyle. I'm watching highlights. I'm trying to catch everything that I can. I may watch a little bit in that midnight time frame, but I, I, there's no there's no recourse for me. No opportunity to catch up, and I, I can't I can't do that to myself. That's totally true. You get like two hours sleep, and you're like, well. There's, you know, four tiny crazy people running around. I don't know what the what the path forward is here. You know, I, I don't right. I don't know what the what the way forward is. So that's <laughs> and what's the like, next night gonna look like? Are they gonna decide yeah. to wake up or or, or th- what am I gonna do? It's yeah, all gonna end. I mean, it's bad. It's, yeah, it's no, having no sleep is like it's like compounding interest. Like it just it just keeps. <laughs> That's true. That's just true. keeps getting you. Uh, okay, gentlemen, we're gonna move on to our best bets, our one and done. But Jacob and I have been grinding hard. We got the wins. We got the twelve wins here. Here they are: Hideki Matsuyama, six of them, half. Shigeki Moriyama, three. Iso Aoki, one, and I believe that was the first one. I believe he was, was the, the first. It correct. was the 1983 Hawaiian Open. I just looked it up. Okay, Ryuji Amada won the 2008 AT&T Classic over Kenny Perry. And then the most recent, oh, not the most recent, the most recent non-Hideki win, Satoshi Kodaira won at Heritage. Yeah, in 18, I believe. Yeah. So that's 12 Japanese victories. There they are. Good stuff there. I love that producer Jacob didn't jump in on this and made you pronounce everybody. So, <laughs> good job by him there. That's Normally he would have he would have jumped in and he did not. Uh, all right, gentlemen, best bets one and done coming up. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance 
against Jogger because I, I like the Jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. Best bets. Let's go. Okay. We're actually, we're getting better at these. The first uh, two weeks, I think we whiffed on every single one, but we've been much better recently. So this is where we go over to our friends at Caesars Sportsbook. We scroll through everything. We open up all those little tabs. We click all the nationalities. We find what we can find. And we say this one, this one right here, this is the best bet. Greg, your best bet. I like it's a continuation uh, from something we talked about on Monday's DFS preview, what is your best bet? Uh, so the best bet thing is interesting because there's a degree of safety to it. You don't want your best bet, the one you're trying to get right. Uh, you don't want it to be a winner, for instance. But at the same time, uh, you want to have some some odds. You want to have a little bit of you know upside to it. So mine is a player who I'm very high on, who's a dark horse, who I think can finish in the top twenty. So I like expanding that to top twenty. In case Sunday gets a little nervy, um, you know I'm not going to go crazy with a first round leader or anything here. But Tom Hoagie, I think, is going to finish in the top twenty this week. Uh, uh, when I look at the leaderboard from last time i know the data says driving distance is really important but i see a litany of great iron players including tiger woods and hideki matsuyama and sung jm and rory McIlroy, even gary woodland back in in that time period was a really solid top 10 i think he was 10th actually 10th in strokes gained approach the green so we had a list of really good iron players really good ball strikers and that's more of my lean this week than than the driving distance thing. And Tom Hoagie is a guy who, one, plays really well in the fall time, and two, is a really good iron player. And last year, he was 52nd, and he had kind of a fall off towards the end of the year. For much of the year, he was much higher in that ranking. Uh, he's gained in, we talked about on Monday, Rick, I think it's four straight events. He's gained significantly, strokes gain approach the green. He's come and tied 36 at the Fortinet. He missed the cut at the Sanderson Farms. He came and tied 14th at the Shriners and tied 32nd last week. This is something we saw from him last year, too. In the fall time, he had a he had a really, really nice run early on in the season, made a whole bunch of cuts in a row, a couple top 25s. And I think with his iron ability and, and the fact um, with, with that iron ability, which I love, and his confidence right now, I, I think he's going to finish in the top 20. Four straight events, he's gained at least three strokes on approach, I believe is the yeah. metric that we referenced on Monday's show. So Greg is going with Tom Hoagie to finish inside the top 20. For that wager, you will get three to one on your bet. I'm going with a Mark Immelman special. Top South African. There are four of them in the field. Eric Van Royen, Brandon Grace, Garrick Higo, and my pick... Sean Norris, let's go four to one. Ooh. Sean Norris got in this field. Thanks to, do we have this drop ready? Uh, Mr. Paul Casey withdrawing. Give me Paul, give me Paul Casey. 
Yeah, don't give me Paul Casey. Give me Sean Norris here because Sean Norris is four to one. Sean Norris plays primarily on the Japan Golf Tour. Sean Norris won last week in an event that had a 28 strength of field. Oh, Rick, what's a 28 strength of field? What does that look like? Well, it's better than the Barbasol. I love Seamus Power. Sorry, Seamus. That event was better. It's the same as the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Sean, Nor Sean Norris has to beat three other South Africans four to one. He's my guy. I like I've it. Never, I've never said anything as intensely as Coach said, give me Paul Casey in my <laughs> whole life. Yeah. Be passionate about give something Paul, like, give me Paul Casey there. like never. Coach is passionate never. about. I've never Paul even Casey. gotten close to that. I don't think. it's That's Coach. You, you just turn uh, him up to 100, you let him go. <laughs> uh, my my best bed which i did not submit so apologies for that. that producer jacob um well I ha i've got a couple here that i'm intrigued by i wanted to go with the bread man greg went with the hoagie greg went with the hoagie i wanted to go with the bread man oh, over wanto griffin minus 120 wanto griffin 50th from t to green in his last 20 rounds and the bread man is first in his last 20 rounds from T to green of everybody in this field. He's bread man's flushing it. And he, uh, he won the bronze medal in Japan. Not that that has much to do with this tournament, but we've seen him not only play well recently, but play well in Japan this year. Um, so I, he'll come up later on again. I think I'm actually going to go with uh, Colin Morikawa over Garrett Kigo and uh, EVR. That's minus one ten. Last time I looked, we are fade that. I can get on board with that. We can fade the South Africans together. Yeah, that's fine. And that was a little better odds even than CT CT Pan over over Lanto. That was minus I like I like those odds. Those are good odds. Yeah, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Morikawa. So Kyle over, or excuse me, Kyle is going with Colin over Higo at EVR minus 110 for his best bet. We called coach and coach did phone one in. He's going with that man, Ricky Fowler over Emiliano Grillo minus 120 for Ricky. So he is buying into Fowler. Ricky Fowler. To be fair, coach. Usually phones in most of his picks. So this was nothing new <laughs> for him. You said it. I did not, my friend. Um, <laughs> let's move on to our picks. Top 10, sleeper, and a pick to win. And oh boy. Uh, Greg, how, how what's your what's your comfort level here on handicapping this event, my friend? Um, my comfort level, I would say, is a six and a half out of ten pretty good i'm i'm somewhat i mean there's only one event but i don't necessarily mind that I, I think last week you had a kind of a flavor of the the golf course designer and what fazio was trying to do and it worked to a degree it worked i would say a little more i would say it worked about 65 percent of the way the the model i drew up in my in my head this one i kind of feel similar i mean you're basing it off a one leaderboard from the past i i could see it I could see it happening again to a degree. So yeah, I would say six and a half. All right. Well, six and a half is probably uh, more comfortable than I feel. So let's start. Well, your sleeper. It's Tom Hoagie. Yep. Yeah. Same deal. I mean, I, I think um, it, it, Tom Hoagie finishing in the top 20 is a, is a safe play. That's why I feel like it's the best bet. I feel like it's a lot safer than say a, a top 10, which I think is a real possibility for him this week. So he's in good form. I think there's a good course fit. Um, rolling with him as my sleeper. Coach is going with Ryan Palmer as his sleeper. Kyle, you have alluded to this. You have teased this. Your sleeper for this week's Zozo is whom? The bread man, CT Pan. Um, his numbers are great. I think he's got, I think it's two top 15s to start the year. And I care less about that than I do about just how well he's hitting the ball. Um, I think he was 40 to one to win. So I, I, I really like him this week. I think he's going to play well. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's flushing it. I can, I can confirm that. Okay. I'm going with one Harry Higgs who had himself a uh, great little 
Vegas swing. I think he was 27th or 29th in at the Shriners. Then he finished T9 at the CJ Cup. He struck it well. He's putting it a little bit better. Harry Higgs, 66 to 1, is my sleeper. Top 10. Greg, I um I hate to tell you this, my friend. Your top 10 is the same as coaches, which is usually the kiss of death. Who you going with? Man, this is making me rethink everything. <laughs> uh I mean, is it too too many times to hear the drop again? No. Uh, Ricky Fowler. That's what I thought. It's never, it's never enough. I, I wish when I opened my mouth to say Ricky Fowler, that came out. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, Ricky Fowler, my top 10 bet. I think he's going to have another really strong week. Kyle brought it up earlier. Jordan going to Pebble, that same kind of feel. I, I feel very similar. I'm glad he brought that up because I, I felt the same way looking at Ricky last week, there was something different about what he was doing with his swing. And when you see that, regardless of what the numbers say, there's a, there's a spark of confidence. And Jordan was doing a couple things different off the tee. He wasn't hitting that single shot out to the right. He wasn't making the big number for Ricky, the bad round seemingly getting better. There's more trust in, in his full swing. So yeah, I'm rolling him out as, as a top 10 this week. Didn't Spieth go see Butch Harmon right before his run also? And it was a very similar circumstance where he just got some confirmation. He went out there with with Cam McCormick and and got the stamp of approval. And it can that can make a huge difference in confidence. So Butch is a he's definitely a whisperer out there. I want to be described as a whisperer of something, like uh, Rick's the daily fantasy sports. the strokes the strokes gained whisperer. All right, I'll take that. Uh, Kyle, is that a new flag behind you? Did you add a whistling straights flag behind you? I did. I actually got it from my editor, Adam Silverstein. So I need to get it to him instead of propping it up in my background. Oh, that's not even yours. You don't even, that's, that's not, you're, you're shipping that out. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's fake. I do have this Ryder cup. uh, Well, this Ryder cup. Yeti. Oh, is that a half, like a half? Uh, I love that. So I'm a sucker for all of these, right? Like I've got all the, the coffee mugs, the travel mugs. I I've never, I don't have a half one. I like that. Yeah. The half one is phenomenal. I got it for my wife and I've basically just been using it the whole time. So <laughs> got a, got a mug for the wife. You use it. Got a flag, uh, for Adam. You're using that as well. Congratulations. Uh, now why don't you give us your top 10 pick to, for the, <laughs> uh, for the Zozo championship? It's a tough look for me. I've got, I've got Morikawa. He, you know, he was so bad in the FedEx cup playoffs and he was so good last week. He hit it. It just, it was, he almost won because he putted well, but he would have top 10 regardless of how he putted. He hit it great. And I think that, um, you know, it seemed like kind of a, a, a rebound to where just his baseline, which is the best iron player in the world and a really good driver as well. And so I, I just, to me, <clears throat> it, it, it was between him and Xander, obviously, to finish in the top 10. But I, I really loved how he played last week. I'm going with Keegan Bradley because I am a sucker and a loser and I cannot quit these uh, no putt guys. But Keegan is in six rounds this year. Uh, he's like a positive putter. Just give me that. Just give me just give me neutral Keegan and watch him finish T8 and I'll be thrilled. That's kind of where I'm who's going. The, who's the guy that you most wish you could make a, a zero putter? Like, like consistent, like every week. Yeah. I was going to say Grio. That, okay. So like, if I was like, yeah, looking for, looking for some value or something, uh, Kyle Stanley would be up there. Mm, Yeah. But the value would be gone. If you could make him a zero, the value would be gone. Stanley would be the best player on the planet with a zero. (laughs) Right. I mean, all of those guys. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. If I could wave my wand, um, Winners, picks to win. We've got four different picks here, which is always fun. Coach is going with Hideki Matsuyama. I'm going with Johnny Vegas. Um, just because 33 to 1 in this field where it's pretty top heavy, but Vegas has been much better than I think people want to give him credit for. I'm going with Johnny Vegas at 33 to 1. Greg, you are taking someone who will probably win this golf tournament. Like, it's yeah, it's going to work. Colin Morikawa. Yeah. So, I mean, again, my lean, as I said earlier, is to iron play. I, that, that's what I've 
was harping on with Hoagie. All my DFS plays are, are iron players. That's what my model is based on. And I'm taking the best iron player in the world here in a, in a very top heavy field. Uh, Xander was a debate of mine. I think Xander's going to have give it a really good run as well, but there's something about Colin Morikawa that just feels like he's ready to for a guy that's one that's two majors already. It feels like he's ready to explode. And there is a very clear reason for the poor performance in the playoffs. Ironically, it was a trip to Japan where he hurts his back. Um, I, I don't think he's going to injure himself on the plane ride over there. So I think he's going to get there. He's going to he, he's probably there now, healthy, ready to go. And I, I think his game is the best in the field. And I, I think he has a way of getting it done when he's supposed to. So I, I can't help but love Colin Morikawa this week. And he impressed me last week. I knew he was a member there, but it's not easy to go out as a as the member of a club and a home game, a rare home game on the PGA Tour and, and show up like that. So, yeah, I, I think um, he's holding the trophy at the end of the week. Colin Morikawa, seven and a half to one to win this golf tournament. Thanks to our friends over at Caesars Sportsbook. KP, that leaves you to put a bow on our winners. 22 to one, your pick to win is who? Joaquin Neiman. Mm. So I love, I love it. I read this website called rickrungood.com and uh, the guy, website. the proprietor of the website put out a great newsletter today. Oh, thank you. Talking about uh, birdie or better percentage, I believe it was. I think Neiman's like third in the field uh, in birdie or better. I don't remember the time frame there. Apologies for that. I think it was 50 rounds I did. Okay. So last 50 rounds. Um, you know, he, he, he played, he, he hit the ball really well last week. He putted horribly. And I like that because I, I think, again, like he's not a he's a he's an average putter. He's an OK putter. And, you know, I'm just kind of betting that, like, he'll rebound after a after a bad week of putting. So I, I'm excited about him. He's hitting the ball very well. I think he was top five in this field in his last 20 rounds from T to green. Not quite as good as CT Pan, but uh, good enough. And I think he's got probably more win equity than somebody like a, a CT Pan, which is which is reflected in his odds. So I, I'm going with Joaquin. Not quite as good as CT Pan is a sentence that does not often get uttered on a golf show. So I I love your use of it there. Well, there was 57 <laughs> guys at the Olympics that weren't quite as good as CT Pan. That's so right. That's there right. we go. Got it done. Just to recap, I'm going with Johnny Vegas. Kyle's going with Joaquin Neiman. Greg's going with Colin Morikawa. And the coach is going with Hideki Matsuyama, which leaves us with one final thing to do. It is the one and done. Real quick, on the one and done, why, how, why is this? So this this purse mm -hmm. is, is within a million and a half of the Masters and the Open Championship. It's bigger than last week's, too. I, how is how is that possible? How does that happen? Uh, corporate sponsorship, uh, probably. <laughs> That's true. That's probably uh, true. Incentivizing golfers to go to Japan. Um, that that I think is the number one reason. You push for that so that you're trying to. The reason you have an event there is to grow the game globally, right? You want to grow your not the game. You want to grow your tour around the globe. So that's why the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges is a huge field. They have a WGC event in a typical year in China and this event, and they elevate those to, they, they want the stars to play in, uh, in, in the Asia swing, if you will. So this is, this is going to be something we'll continue to see, Kyle. We saw this a little bit with uh, the players that we talked about with the tournament of champions. All these purses are going to get much, much bigger, but uh, I'm getting I'm getting word uh, I'm getting word that someone is here to defend himself and it is the coach coach are your ears ringing welcome from the top ropes the coach let me just say this boys I got on a plane this morning in Philadelphia oh, I went God. to Atlanta I flew Atlanta to ben Orange Simmons? County what's that were you hanging out with Ben Simmons <laughs> no, he didn't show up. Ah, snap, snap. So I land, I drive home, I host an hour mega NFL preview. And then what do I get texted to me? That some clown named David Wheatcroft 
<laughs> Isn't he a golfer too? He's going to call me out like I'm scared to come on the pod. When I started off 0 for 3, am I one and done? David, let me tell you something, son. <laughs> I created this one and done. But one thing I'm not going to do is come in and not give everybody else a chance. That's something I'm not going to do. So I'm going to give them the lead. That's what I'm trying to do. But I came back strong with a T18. I blew Xander with a T18. I feel good about that. So I'm never – the coward showed up. Oh, David. David. <laughs> you know one thing that's never happened to me, boys? One thing that's never happened to me, because, you know, as you know, I'm a former professional wrestler. Everybody loves to talk when they're typing. And then when they see me in person, they ask for a picture or they ask for an autograph. And I have a feeling that's what David would do, too. But I'd ask for that hat. I like that hat you're wearing. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Out here, there's so many different Angels hats. Like, there's like 20 different ones. So I bought up all of them. I bought up all of them. So I, I'm sorry for interrupting. No. Rick. I'm sorry for interrupting. But I felt like I had to come on and say something. There is no other place in the world that you control the coach and five minutes later have him <laughs> pop on. <laughs> And call you out by name and tell you how wrong you are. That just doesn't exist anywhere else. But it happens. It happens here. And coach, uh, you're you're here at the perfect time because okay. we are we are doing the one and done. And you are absolutely right. You got your T18 from from Xander Shoffley last week. You are locked with Kyle. Uh, with giving giving the rest of us plenty of space to get out ahead before you turn <laughs> the corner here. And you've got a big, big purse to take advantage of this week in a no-cut event. Who are you going with? And, and here, here's why I went with this player. Because when you're playing a home game, when you're playing in front of your peeps, when you're in front of your crew, you want to play well. And I felt like Hideki Matsuyama got screwed over at the Olympic Games. But not this week at the Zozo, boys. Not this week. So lock me in the Masters champ, Hideki. Yes, I know I'm blowing him early, but I feel like I need to get back in it because just like the players, boys, I can't let you get too far out ahead because then I'm playing catch-up all year, and we know Mark is just going to talk and talk and talk and talk if he gets too much of a lead on me, and I cannot let that happen. So lock in Hideki. Boom. Is Mark going to show up now that coach is talking trash about him? <laughs> That's what we should have done. <laughs> no, just just like his one and done picks, he's going to show up an hour late. So I don't even know. I, wow, wow. <laughs> I uh, I thought you were going to come after me, coach, because earlier uh, producer Jacob said that you phoned in your picks, and I said, well, that's that's not uncommon. That's kind of what he's been doing <laughs> for about a year now. <laughs> I tip my hat to that comment. <laughs> I tip my hat to that comment. <laughs> oh my goodness, you know coach. Me. Oh, Coach, you are. Uh, look at that. I can't even look at that. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh 160,000. You're, you're a busy man, Coach. You've been flying over. You, you want to hang for five minutes? You out of here. You got to go. You got to run. I'm, I, I got to go. All right. Go. Follow the go. coach on Twitter at the Coach Rules. Uh, be careful. I you guys. If, if you troll Coach, he might come <laughs> after you. Thank you very much, Coach. Wow. How about that? That was That's awesome. You don't want that smoke, David. All right, boys, I love you. I'll be back in January. I'll be back in January. Love you guys. <laughs> See, See you, coach. <laughs> That's so good. My God, we got the full on. We got the coach experience right there. Whew. I love it. And David's uh, still talking. Awesome. Yeah, David's David is not scared. I'm, I'm very scared for, for David. KP. <laughs> <Poor David. laughs> yeah, not for me. Uh, KP, you also shared the distinction of uh, 116,331 with the coach. Uh, you, however, have chosen uh, to be the lone wolf this week yep. because you are the only guy taking this golfer. I'm not scared. I'm I'm burning him early. It's a huge purse. I mean, this is a purse that is like worthy of it. It's got to be one of the what nine biggest purses of the year, probably. Yeah, ten. I don't know. So I'm going Colin Markella. I'm using him. Number three player in the world. Let's Colin, I thought Colin more, I thought more Markell. people would go with him. You know what? Yeah, we we have a consensus pick this week, uh, and I'm in the consensus, and I I don't love it, and I had narrowed it down to this guy and another guy. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But yeah, you are you you you're the lone wolf, Colin Morikawa, a, a huge opportunity to make a lot of money and move up this leaderboard. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad nobody else picked him. Now we'll probably miss. Well, there's not a cut. He'll probably finish t seventy. <laughs> Sia Najad, who has 135,128, is going with Johnny Vegas. I certainly don't mind that. He was my pick to win earlier. I have 406,000, and I am in that very consensus, along with 
Jacob and with you, Greg, I'll get to you in a second, Greg with Hideki Matsuyama, uh, Jacob, come on in here. We were actually, uh, conversing. So Jacob does not put the picks in the outline until everyone submits them. That's one of coaches rules. And when we found out that the coach was also going with Hideki, uh, I wanted to use my backup. I wanted, I wanted to like, give me, give me Ricky, give me anybody, but we're riding with the coach this week. Jacob, is this a ride that we're going to want to get off in about five minutes? Well, Look, we say it all the time because we do early edge daily. We give out about half a dozen picks. And a couple times this year, we've lost every single pick we've given out on the day. Coach has essentially lost every single pick he's given out for this one-and-done league, which is almost more difficult to do than than winning every single pick. I mean, I guess it's a little <laughs> different in golf because you have, you know, it's not the binary option of win-lose. But I, I think that this broken clock is going to be right this week. That's my, I, that's my hope. I hope so. I hope so. Because Greg, you're also in on this, my friend, and you're in the lead. You are at 1.7 million. You are, uh, you are at danger here of losing that spot with, uh, you know, I guess, I guess not to Mark, I guess not to Jacob, I guess not to me. Actually, you're probably not in danger of losing this top spot. Well, I mean, it's a big <laughs> field, right? So of course I'm in danger. If Colin Morikawa goes out there and wins and I, um, I mean, it, can Kyle ca- can Kyle catch me? I feel like if if he wins and I lay in near close. goose egg. So what it's what it, I think the I think it's one point seven is the purse. I think it is think. too. So he could he could he could he could get there. But you're going with Ricky Fowler this week. Sorry, you're going with Ricky Fowler this week. Uh, and and depending on what he does, you could you could still be. In the, I think you. I will take uh any bet that you want that you will be in the lead of this one and done on on Sunday evening. Okay. Well, I know Rick, you liked Ricky. Uh, he was a guy that was your backup. If I can say that. Correct. Um, so I'm rolling with the hot hand. I feel like he's a big enough star to use in an event like this. It's a no cut event. So that risk of the high round, which still lingers in my mind is still there. Uh, but, but he has the ability to make a ton of birdies and he has the ability to shoot some really low scores. So, um, I'm I'm riding the horse. I'm riding the hot wave. Hideki was in my mind. Colin Morikawa was in my mind. Xander Shoffley was in my mind because it is such a big field, uh, such a big purse and a no cut event. Uh, but I'm I'm rolling out Ricky. Ricky didn't Ricky for well last week either. No, no, poorly. Yeah, he lost a stroke and a half, I think. Also, I'm an idiot. I misread the way that we have the selections versus the standings. They're not in the same order. So, Greg, you could absolutely not be in the lead on right. Sunday night, like very, very easily. I, I, uh, my book is closed for taking any bet that you will be in the lead on oh, Sunday. Come on. You should have got your, you should have got your bets in in the 30 <laughs> seconds that I realized I was very, very wrong on that. <laughs> I kind of thought that was just a pro, just a pro Ricky <laughs> statement. I mean, I am pro Ricky this week, but that was that I was not willing to take any bet on that. Uh, All right. So here we go. Let me recap this correctly this time. So here we go. This week's picks. Coach is going with Hideki Matsuyama. Kyle is going with Colin Morikawa. Sia is going with Johnny Vegas. I'm going with Hideki Matsuyama. Jacob is going with Hideki Matsuyama. Mark is going with Hideki Matsuyama. And Greg, atop the leaderboard, going with Ricky Fowler. That is the correct assessment of our one and done pool. Which means we're at the end, gentlemen. Uh, Anything else before we get out of here for... What are we going to do? Go Sunday morning? What's 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 our Sunday recap plan? I mean, I was going to talk about that offline, but okay, you know, we'll talk we about want, that if offline. we want to plan that out right now. But pro- <laughs> definitely Sunday during the day. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's as much of a need to stay up until five, like four or five a.m. Eastern <clears throat> as there was during the Olympics. Fair, never again. Um, and I imagine people uh, might be a little preoccupied on Sundays. KP, nineteen of the last twenty-one winners on the PGA Tour have not led or co-led after fifty-four holes. Phil. So they've trailed. Phil, Phil for Pink. sure. I only did it twice. I only did it at two weeks in a row, actually. BMW and the Tour Championship. Tour Championship scores are somewhat fabricated, but if you're going by PGA Tour, he did it at that event as well. There is a wager. Um, I know this is different, but there is a wager that you can make on on Caesars whether the winner will come out of the final group. And for them to not come out of the final group is plus money. I forget what the line is, plus 150, something like that. You would have made and a I, lot of money. 
Yeah. And I was like scratching yeah. my head like that. If I was betting that the last 20 weeks, I'd probably be pretty, pretty rich right now. Yep. Yeah, you would. Mm. All right. Gentlemen, that'll do it. Mega preview pod for this week's Zozo Championship. Let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.